Hi friend, welcome to the Feel Your Best podcast. I'm your host, Meg Lafferty, and I'm here to tell you that you can feel better. In fact, your best, in your own skin. Yep, I mean you. Busy, hardworking, badass woman who's juggling all the things and at the end of her rope when it comes to her health. I know you, I am you, and my clients you too. It might not seem possible, but you don't have to keep feeling like this in your one and only body. That's why I'm on a mission to show you the other side. Join me each week as my guests and I share the tools you need to actually enjoy the body you've been blessed with. Because the answer isn't in another restrictive diet, task on your to-do list, or simply sitting in this uncomfortable feeling. It's in uncovering your unique roadmap to your healthiest self. Ready to get started? Let's dive in to today's episode. I am so, so excited for our podcast today. I have a very special episode planned for you as I bring on guest Leisha. You guys are just in for an amazing treat today and we'll get some wonderful and helpful insight into your hormonal health. I'm so grateful to have you here and share you with the world today. So what I would love to do to get us started is to just get to know you a little bit better first before we dive into our topic. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, who you are, who your VIPs are and who it is you serve. So I'm super excited to chat with you, Megan. My name is Leisha. I am a holistic hormone coach now. And in my past, I have been a registered nurse. I worked in the hospital for about 10 years in like all of the different places. And then in the last couple of years, I've transitioned more over into the wellness space and holistic health. And I've really been enjoying that. I have three kiddos. So I have a daughter who's seven, a son who's three and a half, and then a baby boy who is three months as of yesterday. So we're in a really fun season having a baby again, and it's definitely been transitioned. So I'm kind of transitioning back into work again now and um, starting to serve my clients again. And so all of that feels really, really good. So I specifically work with women who have trouble with energy are having bad periods of any type, whether that's irregular periods or heavy periods, painful periods. Those are the things that we start to work on. And we just kind of dive in from there because holistic health is such a broad spectrum, but those are the symptoms that generally women will come to me with. And we really work on hormone balance and stress in their bodies and gut balance and kind of just all the things that we need to, but I love love my work, love my kiddos. So I have a really good little life over here. It sounds like it. And I love how you are serving and helping women with balancing their hormones and making it normalized that women are not supposed to have these irregular, painful, uncomfortable periods as we have been taught that, you know, PMS is normal. Painful periods are normal. That's not normal. That's actually, as you teach women, a red flag for an underlying problem. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, I really love to differentiate between common and normal because so many of us are in a state of really not being healthy and not living more of like in an optimal health state. And so when we check with our best friend or our neighbor or our sister, and they're all having the same symptoms, it's like, okay, well, I guess this is normal, but the truth is 
having pain with your cycle is actually not normal. And it's something that should be encouraging, not discouraging, because it's something that you can change. I love that you said that it's common. And when you're checking in with your circle of friends, your family, they may be experiencing the same symptoms as you are because you're all not in optimal health. So having this realization that painful periods are not normal and that they don't have to be this way is very eye-opening for many women. And I think it's going to be like one of those truth bombs that goes off as they're listening to this episode, like, wait a second, that's not normal. I don't, my period doesn't have to be painful. I don't have to be in agony like the week before my period and dreading it. So I think what you're doing is just beautiful. And I'm so excited to dig deeper into this because I know it's going to be so impactful and powerful for our listeners today. So what I want to ask you first are, what are the signs women should look out for that would possibly indicate a hormonal imbalance? You know, there really are a lot of signs, but what I will say is the most common signs that I see are things like painful periods. Like we already talked about having PMS PMS doesn't have to be normal either. It doesn't have to be your normal, even though it is very common. And what I mean by that is having, you know, kind of like big mood swings before your period, or even, you know, other symptoms leading into your period, like gas and bloating or cramping, like all of those can be part of PMS, um, having breakouts, whether that's a couple of times per cycle, always on your jawline, right before your period, any of those things can be a sign of a hormone imbalance, even just like tender breasts that can be really common sign. And so those are the ones that most commonly show up as like hormone symptoms. And I just want to say that all of those symptoms, while they may be kind of at the tip caused by hormones, they're usually a sign of an underlying issue. And that underlying issue comes back to a slowed metabolism and thyroid function being less than optimal, gut function being less than optimal, and even trouble with your liver detoxification. So when we talk about hormone symptoms, I always just want to bring awareness to the fact that it's actually not your hormones that are the issue. They may totally be out of balance and they probably are because of this crazy world that we live in. And with that being said, blaming just your hormones is just one piece of the puzzle. And there's more that we can work on that's underlying. And I think that's just a really important perception to have because maybe it even helps us love our hormones a little bit more to know that they're not the only problem. Yeah. I love that you shared that little tidbit that there's a root cause to why your hormones might be imbalanced, that there's something more to as you eloquently put it, the puzzle, like putting all the pieces of the puzzle back together to get that whole healthy, wonderful you and, you know, pulling it apart to see what's really going on. So I love that you have given us some insight that if you are experiencing some of these symptoms, number one, you don't have to continue experiencing them. That in and of itself is beautiful. Like you don't have to continue feeling that way every single month and you can do something about it. And also digging into and understanding that it may not just be your hormones that's going, that are awry right now, there might be something deeper. And the next thing I would love for you to share is how do you know, how do you get to that space where, okay, well, I'm having all of these symptoms now, what, like how, what do I do next? Yeah. So there's a lot of information available and this is something I'm totally happy to have anyone who's listening, reach out to me and I'll be happy to share any resources that I have. 
But some of the next steps can be really taking an audit of what's going on in your cycle. So that's one really big piece. And we, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about tracking your cycle and things like that. So we'll talk about that in just a minute, but taking an audit of your nutrition as well. So I will say two of the most common things that I see that I work on with my clients who pay me. So this is just like bonus info. Make sure you're listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Is I just see that women are not eating enough, Mm. not eating enough nutrients. They may technically be eating enough calories in some cases, a lot of cases, not at all, but a lot of the calories might be more empty type of calories, or even just the wrong type of calories for your unique feminine body. So not eating enough is huge. And then not eating consistently is also very huge because we've seen all these trends of intermittent fasting and keto and these different, these different health trends that have maybe have some short-term results. But with that being said, long-term for the female fertility, for female libido, for balanced hormones and safety in your body, these are things that are actually increasing your stress over time. And that's absolutely not what we want. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I have hormone symptoms, that would be what I'd want you to audit first. And so what I would actually optimally like your calories to look like. And I I don't like to go by numbers and like a lot of tracking, but I do think that it can be so helpful to just get like some basic idea of where you are because I've had women start like a sense of where to start. Yeah. 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 They're like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely eating enough. I'm not hungry. And they're eating 1200 calories. And that 1200 calories seems to be like this magic number that people think will cause them to lose weight. But the truth is when you're under eating for a long period of time, your body goes into starvation mode Mm -hmm. and it's not going to let go of the weight um, because you don't have enough nutrients coming in. And there's nothing really that your body can release at that point because you're, it's trying to hold on and keep you safe. And so looking at like actually having enough calories is going to be different for every woman. It's going to be different, whether you're pregnant or breastfeeding, whether you exercise, whether you don't where your stress levels are, if you're sleeping, like there's so much that's going to play into that, but I don't really recommend anyone being under like 1800 to 2000 calories. So if you're way under that slowly moving up toward that goal and adding in nutrient dense foods to do it, that would be one of the first things that I would recommend working on. I love Um, you said that because I'm sitting here and I'm imagining the women that are listening to this right now, they're going to be like, what if I eat 1800 to 2000 calories a day, I'm going to gain weight. I'm never going to, you know, look the way that I want to, or feel the way I want to in my body. And I relate so much to what you shared about the calorie deficit and thinking, cause this was me five and a half years ago. And I talk about this on my first episode is thinking that I had to minimally eat in order to lose weight in order to have the body that I wanted to in fact, I was causing myself to go into starvation mode, holding on to the fat that I was wanting to lose and then binging at night because I wasn't getting enough nutrients. During the day. Starving. Yes. Like literally starving. Literally yeah. starving. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So a couple of signs that I would have you kind of watch for, if you're like, no, but I think I'm eating enough. And like, definitely I'm not going to eat 2000 calories, no matter what you guys say on a podcast, <laughs> just think about like where your cravings are. So if you have a lot of sugar cravings, that doesn't, that's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're a junk food addict. What it means is your body needs more energy. And so I've really seen for myself and for women that I work with, and 
just women that I've talked to about this whole idea of actually increasing nutrients to increase calories is I still enjoy sweets. So I'm not going to ever like tell you, I don't eat sugar because I do eat sugar. I eat whole food sugar. But with that being said, I don't have the cravings that I used to have. I used to same Megan, like I used to restrict my food. I would track my calories. I would hate myself when I went over the calories. And then if I ate a brownie, I was like, well, screw it. I might as well eat 20 of these because I already suck. What a way to live. Like it's, and I'm sure. And by that, like when I'm saying that I've been there. And so I have so much, so I have such a heart if you're there right now, but you truly don't have to live that way to have a healthy weight by any means. And it is a process. So you have to, you know, you're going to be making changes slowly. But with that being said, when I am very focused on nourishing my body now and eating consistently and balancing my meals with carbs and protein and making sure that the foods I eat are really nutrient dense for the most part. So now if I want a brownie, I'll totally eat a brownie, but I'm most always going to make it at home. I'm going to be happy with the ingredients. It's not going to have all of these nasty oils in it or high fructose corn syrup or anything like that. And so when I have one, I'm usually pretty satisfied versus feeling like I need to eat the whole pan because I haven't fed myself that day. So there's like just a whole different mindset. And with that being said, you know, my weight is still totally in a healthy range and I'll just be honest. I just had a baby right now. My weight is a little bit higher than it was before my baby. And I love my body more than I ever have. So much. I am so glad you said that. And so I don't want you to hear me say that and be like, oh, so she's saying I have to eat more and I will gain weight, but I should just love my body anyway. That's not at all what I'm saying. Um, I'm just saying like in this process of learning to look at my body as something that's working for me when I'm really focusing on nourishing my body versus trying to punish and restrict all the time, even though I'm in a place that I probably weigh like 10 more pounds than I would perfectly love to. I'm giving myself grace in this moment. I'm still feeding myself. And there's a reason that my body is holding on to this weight right now. And I bought myself new jeans in a bigger size. I would have never done that before. Like nice jeans, not like crappy, crappy $10 jeans. Like I bought myself nice jeans because this is where I am right now. And this is where my body needs to be nursing my baby. And so I'm saying all of that just to say, like, if you're in a place where you're hating your body right now, you can love your body, even when it looks a little bit different than you want it to, when you start to focus on that nourishment. And I really do think that's a super big piece of balancing your hormones, because going back to that, like underlying root cause of hormone imbalances, it's your body, not feeling safe. Mm-hmm. And when you're restricting all the time, when you're not eating well, when you're not eating consistently, and then you're binging because you're starving, there is no safety in that. And your hormone symptoms will continue because there's no balance. There's no blood sugar balance. You're not detoxing. Well, like all of those things are going to be an issue if you're not eating enough and not eating well. Yeah. I love that. There's so many, so many like little nuggets in there of wisdom that I would encourage our listeners to go back and just listen again and really sit with all of the different components and pieces that you shared, especially so with, and this resonates so much with me because the past like year or so I put on like seven to eight pounds because that's, I guess at that time, that's what my body felt like it needed. And I kind of fell back into some of those old habits of, Oh, this is not where you're supposed to be. Like, and then I had those mindset beliefs, like, 
okay, well, if I'm feeling this way, I'm not going to do this. And that restriction came up again. And what I realized is taking that step back and saying, no, you know what? I love my body as it is right now. And I'm going to do, I'm going to show my body the love that it deserves. And when I did that, when I stepped into that version of myself, I started making more aligned choices because I was treating myself from a place of love instead of a place of hate and a place of shame and guilt. And then from there, I've been able to very simply without depriving myself or restricting myself or working out like crazy, slowly start to take that weight off again. And I love that you brought that up, that you can love yourself at this weight, this size. So I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's just so real that especially in our culture as women, we're basically told like, you are only beautiful if you look this one way. And it's just so heavy and so shame producing. And I think it really does stop us from caring well for our bodies in a lot of ways. And so with that being said, there, there is so much to our metabolism. It's not just like how fast you burn fat or don't burn fat. And like, you're stuck with the metabolism you have truly, there's so much in our environment and in our diet and the way that we treat our bodies and our stress that slows our metabolism and slows our thyroid function. And so honestly, starting to nourish yourself really well and eat more consistently and eat more food actually slowly can start to increase your metabolism where you can eat more and stay at the same weight or even lose weight. And so I just want to want to say that, that your body can be at an absolutely healthy weight. And even sometimes, you know, we do have to understand that like there will be seasons that a super healthy weight for your body doesn't look the same as when you were 22. Like I'm 31. Now my weight's going to be a little bit different possibly, or maybe it'll go back to the same as it was before. And, you know, giving yourself again, grace to, to be in the space that you are and knowing having confidence that you are taking really good care of your body, I think makes a huge difference in just realizing like, okay, if this is the weight that I'm at, when I'm taking great care of myself, then this is where I need to be right now. I love all of the things that you've shared so far before we wrap up, because I know we're getting to the end of our time is I want to talk about simple ways for women to track their cycle so that they can become more in tune with their hormonal health. Yes. Okay. So I love this. I actually really, really love digging in with women and helping them track their unique cycles, because I know a lot of times we'll have like a little bit irregular cycles or just not know the signs to even track necessarily. And so it feels really hard. And I think that's where, I mean, for me, definitely, like I relied on birth control for several years because I just didn't know what was going on with my body. And didn't even know that I didn't know. Like I thought I did. Cause I thought I knew when my app said I was ovulating, like I thought yeah. it was good. So with that being <laughs> said, there is a lot more to it than just tracking with an app, but you can start with tracking with an app. So you at least are paying attention to knowing where your periods are and starting to see like, are they, you know, in a regular pattern, are they irregular? So are you somewhere between like 25 to 34 ish days on your cycle? every month. And is it pretty close to the same day? Is it like 28 to 30 always, or 26 to 28? So kind of starting by just paying attention to that. And then if you're wanting to actually track your cycle a little bit more to either sync with your cycle, or if you're wanting to pay attention, so, you know, when you can get pregnant, whether you want to or not, 
then tracking ovulation is really helpful and really important. And so one of the, there's actually just, again, like this is going to be the quick version. So if you are interested in this, I have more information to dive into. And I also could share some resources with you. One book that I love is called taking charge of your fertility. If you're at all interested in tracking your cycle, that is an amazing book. And it goes through multiple layers of where you might be in your womanhood too. So like it has trying for pregnancy or trying not to get pregnant. It has, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, there's, there's all kinds of information. So I have it on my shelf and I look at it for myself all the time, but I also look at it for my clients because there's just so much good information. But when you're tracking ovulation, there's two things that you can watch for. So one of them is looking at cervical fluid mm-hmm. and cervical fluid is basically, if you notice, if you've never even heard of cervical fluid, then usually you'll notice that like sometime during the month, you'll have a little bit more of discharge in your underwear. So that's what you're looking for, for cervical fluid. And in a more optimal cervical fluid pattern, you'll notice that like the week after your period, you'll have a series of days where you have something there. And generally a pattern that you would normally see would be, you would start with kind of more of like dry or sticky cervical fluid. You just notice like, huh, there's a little something there, but it's not like very much. And then it would move to more of like a creamy cervical fluid. And that's more of like a lotion texture. And then it goes to like egg white or watery. Mm -hmm. And the egg white is actually like the texture of egg whites. And it's almost like stretchy. And the watery is obviously like water, but both (laughs) of those are going to be actually your most fertile cervical fluid. So you're going to see that pattern of cervical fluid building. And then when you ovulate, the cervical fluid generally dries up within 24 hours. So you'll notice you have like your most fertile quality cervical fluid. And then the next day you have nothing. And so when you're tracking ovulation, you will know once you dry up your cervical fluid that you usually have ovulated, unless you have some sort of like irregular ovulation pattern. And maybe your body, it can happen that your body is trying to ovulate, but then it doesn't, especially with like PCOS and long cycles. So the way that you would know if you actually ovulated is by checking your temperatures and you check your temperature orally with a basal body thermometer. And to be honest, a regular thermometer is also totally fine. It just gives you one more percentage place to have the basal body temperature thermometer. But what you're looking for is right when you wake up in the morning, take your temperature before you get out of bed or anything. And you should see a pattern of a lower pattern of temperatures and then that day, usually when your cervical fluid dries up either that day or the next day, you'll see your temperature go up and it'll either be by a half a degree or one degree, somewhere around that amount. If you have a healthy amount of progesterone and when progesterone spikes after you ovulate, that's what increases your body temperature. And so you should see a pattern of lower temperatures and then an increase in a pattern of higher temperatures. And then that'll drop off again when you have your next period. And that's how you can confirm that you have ovulated is, you know, ovulation is coming with the cervical fluid. And then when you see that temperature rise, you know, that you have ovulated. And if you're wondering what that means for getting pregnant, that's a little bit more complicated, but I definitely have information on that. I just won't go into it right now. I love that you gave the short version of it, giving some really, really insightful information of what women can do right now to start tracking and ensuring that they are having more of a regular cycle and what to be looking for to determine if they are ovulating so they can either work on getting pregnant or prevent themselves from getting pregnant. So I think that's wonderful. And just a little side note is 
before I came off of birth control, I was not aware of this information. I had no idea about cervical fluid. I remember going to the gynecologist after I had come off, after I had given birth to Owen. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like I have a lot of fluid coming out. Like, is this normal? And he's like, that's totally normal. Like that's supposed to happen. Cause I had been on birth control for years up until like a year before I got pregnant. So no idea about any of this information. And I have a feeling that there's probably many women who are in the same position. For whatever reason, this is not something that's like taught in sex ed. Mm-mm. Pretty sure it should be because it happens to literally everyone. Yes. But yeah, it's not. It's not taught at all. And so I've had multiple people tell me the same thing that they were like, I thought I had an infection every single month. Yep. You don't. Yep. I was that's like, what's going day. on? Something's that's not right. Really <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, actually, you're good. Like your hormones are in check now because for the longest time, they were not because of how I was treating my body in the past. And I had all of those symptoms that you were talking about earlier for signs of an imbalance in your hormones. I was like, yep, yep. That was me. That was me. Constant belly bloat, stomach pains, acne all over the, like all the time, the tender breast, all that stuff. And now thankfully that I've learned the right way to nourish my body. I don't get those symptoms anymore, which is wonderful. And just to show that taking the simple action of nourishing your body in the right way can mitigate so many of these underlying issues that your body is going through right now. So mm-hmm. absolutely. I love this. And I think that, you know, the things that I, that we've already talked about to start with, if you're not doing them already, then that's where to start. But if you're like, I think I'm taking good care of myself. I don't know. I'm still having these symptoms. Then there always is there's functional lab testing. I do that with my clients. There's always more help that you can get. So don't feel like you're stuck where you are. And, you know, there's always more that we can do, but like, if you're not doing those baseline things, they need to be in place before you really dive deeper or at least while you're diving deeper, but they're really, really important. I love that. Now, lastly, how do you simply help women create healthy and happy hormones? So a lot of the things that we've already talked about, definitely, but really getting clear on what nourishment needs to happen. And then definitely diving into the deeper stuff too, like making sure that liver detoxification is happening and like all the functional testing. But I will say like, I'll just go back to the simple, really helping create, create awareness for women to know what is normal and what is not and help them to listen to their bodies. Like that can make a huge difference just right there. I love that. That is a beautiful way to wrap up. And I do have just a couple rapid fire questions at the end that I like to ask my guests. The first one is just to help us get to know you a little bit better. Do you have an AM or PM routine you love? And if so, what does that look like? I do have both generally, I would say my PM routine is a little bit more on track right now, baby, but I really love like my, my, my big thing that I'm working on doing again is making sure my phone is off so that I can do my routine like an hour before bed. And then I'll either usually get in the sauna with my husband or I'll take a bath. And just like, that is a great way for me to relax. And then I love to read a little bit before bed, maybe do a little bit of stretching. And I feel like that just really helps me to wind down from the day. And when I don't do that, I definitely notice that more grumpy and (laughs) not really, not really, um, feeling as good about the way that I'm taking care of myself. So those are my favorite, favorite things for my nighttime routine. 
I love that. That sounds so peaceful and calming and relaxing and like just the right way to go to bed. Like you're going to get quality sleep that night because you are doing what you need to, to wind down and get ready for sleep. So it's beautiful. What is your favorite drink just for fun? (laughs) Oh, I have so many favorite drinks. I'm like such a drink person right now. They're the first thing that comes to mind is like a matcha latte. I just have like matcha powder that I really like. And so I'll just make either like a cold or a hot matcha. That's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites right now. I have to be honest. I have never tried a matcha before. So really, that, yes, that needs to be on my list of something to try out. I've always been curious about it, but I'm also nervous. I'm like, I don't know how it's going to taste. And <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, if you like green tea, it's kind of like yeah. that, but more like I do mine with milk. So it's more milky. So I, I really like the powder from perfect supplements. They have one that's like a matcha and moringa. Mm-hmm. So it just has a little bit of caffeine, but it's like definitely helpful. If you're kind of dragging a little bit, if your baby woke you up a lot or something like that, so I'll do like a scoop of that, some sort of milk. I'll usually put collagen just because I'm always getting extra protein and like a little bit of honey. And -hmm. then I either just blend it if I'm going to do it cold or I'll put it in a pan and heat it and use my little stick blender thing. Um, just to blend it up. I love that thing so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That thing is a lifesaver, but that sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try that. So thank you for sharing that. And I just have to say, I love all of this. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of these wonderful nuggets of wisdom. I know that so many women are going to resonate with this and get such a huge takeaway. So please go give Leisha a follow on Instagram, check out the show notes for her amazing freebie. She's created just for you. And just thank you again for being here. I appreciate it so, so much. Yes. Thanks for having me, Megan. I've had a good time. Thank you so much for listening to the feel your best podcast today. Let this act as your daily reminder that you, yes, you friend deserve to feel the best you can in your body. My hope is that this podcast will be the place you can come to get the right dose of inspiration, education, and motivation to help you take action and see that you can create a body you love. If you love this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with your friends so that they too can start feeling better in their body. Tag me on your Instagram stories with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you thought. I'll see you next time.